back for episode 401. Hello, everybody. I love it. But you know what? I have a quiz for you, Mike. Okay, shoot. What is the standard go-to method for emergency decon? What do you think? No brainer. Wet decon. You know, it's one of them, but dry decon's the way. What? How often have we heard dilution is the solution to the mm, pollution? Mm, mm, it's too many. It's actually, we were just calculating, it's about a year's worth of hearing that. <laughs> it uh, is. It makes sense if you think about it, but the use of water, we don't need to spend the extra time setting up traditional showers and pools, and there's no wastewater afterwards, and you're not going to freeze anybody to death if it's below 60 degrees. So go to firstlinetech.com slash dry decon, and Firstline Technology has a whole page dedicated to methodology and links to pen- plenty, of, plenty of dry decon resources. So go see for yourself why dry decon with FiberTech should be your go-to immediate decon solution. Yes. And if you are going to do a decon yes. and somebody breaks out a pop-up pool, slap them. Yes. Go call first line and get yourself hooked up properly. You're a fool not to. Oh, we are back. What a delight. Episode 401. I'm introducing it. Hey, Mike. I'm hey, Mike, Bobby. And I'm, I'm Mike. Oh, no, you're Bobby. Right. I, or am I Bobby? We'll just oh, go shit. with that. Now I got to be good at everything. We should really God get our it. shirts embroidered with our names so we know what the hell we are. <laughs> Nobody can see it. It doesn't matter. Everybody thinks we're a bunch of retards. Uh, oh, you can't say that anymore. My kids told me you can't say that. No, you can we say kids, it. We used to say that all the time. You can still say it. You can say anything. Um, it's true. It just, just matters, yeah, if you don't give a shit. Oh, and there goes the listeners. Okay, oh, sorry. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, for our non-retarded listeners out there, hello, everybody yes, in hello. podcast land. So we are wrapping up the year, as we said in the last episode. This is episode two of that organic peroxide you see below but we are going to be at massachusetts finishing up the year in september uh come and see all the shenanigans and hijinks that we bring in to that show they give us the car blanche to do it it's at gillette stadium it's going to be insanely cool and they they actually uh, have given us they've given us no permission we just show up and do yeah (laughs) the first time we were there we almost burnt down the hotel yes me specifically yes yeah (laughs) We were, we were playing with oxygen, and uh, we were showing demos, I, and then the I, smoke. I blew my Pyrex container apart because, you know, a two-inch strip of material is good. A five-foot roll shoved in there must be a whole lot better. Yeah, that's more good. I love that stuff. So um, that's one. Uh, the Hazman Happy Hour, if you're a specialist, if you're not a specialist, go get your specialist because that gives you access to a bunch of stuff like you can see the video of this you get to see it as soon as we record it and i edit it which is usually really quick you get to see a whole bunch of extra stuff like premium stuff the nuggets a lot of jazz um so get your specialist and that also gives you access to the hazmat happy hour which you can find at the hazmatguys.com happy and that happens the fourth thursday of every month at 1900 hours that's our little give back session and it's like the uh, the mind trust it's closed it session no recording right there that's the key closed session it's like you're sitting talking to a bunch of guys from around the country at the bar nobody brings anything outside if you've noticed you, you go problems. back to you go back to all of our episodes 
we'll talk about a topic, but th- that's it. We don't discuss any details. If it's whatever happens at the happy hour stays at the stays happy hour. The- yeah, so it's it's a great time. So um, all that being said. Yeah. We are continuing our endeavor down this organic peroxide hole. And uh, I think I'm here to serve it up because we were talking in the premium section, which is freemium. Go check that out. You can see the video set. Yep. Uh, We were talking about some mitigation techniques using acids and bases. But, you know, when you're you're dealing with this thing, you have to be familiar. I don't know why that just (laughs) tripped me up. Familiar with proper containment procedures like isolation, like sealing and securing areas to stop the spread and the escalation of the incident. Yeah, and this actually holds true to both the factory setting or like the commercial industrial setting as well as the transportation setting, right? So for the industrial setting, that factory setting, uh, this is where you your integration and your communication with the industry, the actual facility that is there uh, is going to become super, super critical. Before any incident, uh, this any incident that is going to happen, you want to have multiple things in place, and these are a few. I said this in the last episode, and I said it as a passing thing, but, you know, I said that when people deal with organic peroxides as in work, they know how badass these things are. And mm-hmm. so find those people. It's pretty common knowledge and common sense for people that are familiar and are working with them. Um, you ha- they are familiar with it, much more familiar than you are. Yeah. Utilize them. Yeah, and if you meet them ahead of time, you become familiar with those people. And if you know somebody, you're going to work a hell of a lot better together if you've already met than in the middle of this crazy-ass incident, right? So um, take the time to get to know these people. Take the time to understand the materials that they have on site because it's not enough. said this in the last episode. It is not enough to just be like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I understand organic peroxides. Every organic peroxide is a little bit different, and it has to be dealt with properly. Yeah, it's even, even their safety measures. Like, what is, I'll give you a quick example. I know I've mentioned it in, in episodes in the past, especially going back to a couple of years ago, but there was an uh, organic peroxide plant uh, when we went down to, we were deployed with New York Task Force 1 to Hurricane Sandy? No, it wasn't Sandy. No, that was us. No. Uh, it was the one in Texas. I don't, it was in 2017. Oh, I don't remember. Like what the, Harvey. Walter? Harvey. 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 <laughs> and uh, Arkema. Went it went boom, and because they made a lot of volcanic peroxides, and because the water flooded the generators, the generators let go of the refrigerators. The refrigerators stopped cooling the, and it it exploded. And so, what are your safety measures? You know what what do you have in place to prevent injury to are you or your team, whatever? Yeah, if you can understand what they're doing. Right. And then in the in the opposite end, that they should understand what is expected of you. Right. Like when you arrive on scene, what are your roles going to be? What are the things that you're going to do? Right. You you should you should understand what they think you're going to do, because there might be a gap there where somebody's like, well, wait a second. I thought you were going to do that. And they're like, no, I thought you were going to do that. And everybody's like, well, shit, who deals with this? Well, that's going to address any deficiencies you may have in your toolbox. Oh, that's right? true. Too. So that's going to be like, oh, we need a a bridging tool uh, to put our two like something as stupid as threads. 
something as stupid as a special screwdriver. Like I, I'm saying in a literal toolbox, but I'm saying maybe, maybe some type of understanding of the color code system or the the gongs. Like yeah, and you know, you know, getting back to that that idea of like, you know, is it compatible? You know, is what I'm dealing with compatible? Uh, you also you want to go down and you meet these people because you want to have a better understanding of what actions they're going to take prior to your arrival. A lot of these places are going to have uh, emergency response hazmat teams that are specific to the, 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 the crap that they're dealing with. And you want to know what is going to be done before you arrive. So you can pick up from there. Um, the idea that we're going to be making contact with the factory, the industrial complex to find out uh, what our shortcomings are is actually a pretty important step, right? Everyone's first due area is going to be unique in some way, shape or form. And it is so super critical that you know ahead of time what your limitations are, right? And if you know what your limitations are uh, and then... Oh, what's the best way to describe this? If you can understand what your limitations are, then you can get your team up to speed uh, with training and equipment training from us. I'm going to throw that in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you want to get them the equipment up to speed as soon as possible because that's a deficiency where somebody's going to get hurt. Uh, this information, by the way, you know, if, if you're sitting there going, oh, well, you know, we do need this equipment, but it's not going to be well funded. The fact that you have this threat could absolutely have an impact on grant funding and the overall success of the or operation. the company gives you the equipment and saying, I've, I've done so many of these trainings and just to come off the side of this thing is like, they're like, they seriously like, oh, well, the first responders will take care of it. And we tell the first responders, like, there's experts in there. And they're like, I'm not an expert. I'm an expert when it's normal. Right. You're an expert when it's not normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, My expertise is pushing this button when the temperature hits 45 degrees. <laughs> that's okay, it, that's my expertise. Oh, yeah, I put on a suit and I clean it up if it spills, too. That's my expertise. That could be what you I've walked into facilities that it's just like that. And then I've also walked into facilities where the guys knew every detail like, of the operation. Right. So, you know, and so that brings you like that knowledge. All those parts brings you to the point where now you can get a pre plan and you can get an SOP for your like your first due company and you can expand that. Yeah. Because your, your pre-plan and your layout uh, of the information is going to be not only critical to the hazmat team, but your first two units arriving on scene. So that, that, that is a, a twofold operation. Right. So this robust understanding of all the hazards that are involved in this facility, now you, it's more unlikely that a commercial industry is just going to randomly have one of these organic peroxides floating around. And no other hazard whatsoever. So what we're saying is when we respond, we respond with an all-hazards mindset, right? We're thinking with, uh, what do they say, head on a swivel, right? You're thinking very, very wide all, angle. So, all hazards. Right. So understanding what the other dangers are around, as well as understanding what materials are around at this organic peroxide, could react with it and make it super-duper critical, yeah. which is not really a term. It's, it is now. Now it is. If we Why said not? it, it's a term.
There you go. Uh, Put it in the books. And, uh, you know, we talk about the, the facilities, but honestly, transportation setting is is not really much different. You know, we sit here and we think about all the different materials that are on our roads. And a lot of the departments and teams, they forget that they're actually entitled to look at that commodity flow chart to see what is going through their area, uh, both in highway as well as rail doesn't mean anything if you don't have rail but if you have rail it's an important thing to know um so you might be sitting there thinking oh i don't have any major facilities i don't have any kind of industry uh yet you have no idea that your community is smack dab in the middle between the people who produce the peroxide and the people the end users who might uh end up using the peroxide so that commodity that commodity the komodo (laughs) the komodo dragon is a wonderful dragon Uh, the commodity flow chart uh, is uh, it's an incredible resource uh, that that is accessible to you. It should be something that you try to get regularly right along with those tier reportings. Yeah. And even making contact with the people in these industries, even if they're outside of your district or jurisdiction, like reach out to them and say, hey, listen, we like to make contact with your facility director. You'd be surprised at how much, once they feel comfortable and they have an interaction with you, they're not like, oh, this guy's here to shake me down. Because I, I'll be honest, when we were doing building inspections, we would go out on the roads. They didn't want to tell us anything. They're like, oh, these guys are here to write in tickets. And as soon as they're like, no, I'm just here to help you help me help you. And they're like, oh, all right, let me show you where all the bombs are buried. Right, like, right. Okay, now here's the totally ticket. cool. I'm not writing them tickets. Like, you know, and some, so like, they want to help you and they want to give you a lot of the same information. So that plugs into your response plans for an emergency. Yeah. Like uh, what resources do they have available as the transportation company? What, what do they have additional vehicles? Do they have additional equipment? Do they have pumping apparatus? They're going to be set up. If they're transporting this material, there's a really good chance that they already have contingency plans set up. Exactly. Plug into that shit. Like that's a resource. Like they're going to be planning for a leaking transportation vehicle. If they have, if they're plugging vehicles in or out, they're going to have some type of way to contain a vehicle that loses it. Right. And so all this information gives us good information for tactics and operations. Right. Because containing organic peroxides, actually it really presents a very unique challenge due to the reactivity and that potential for the explosive reaction, especially when, if they lose their, their, their cool, they lose their refrigeration, they're going to go. Uh, so we really need to establish effective containment measures to prevent the spread of the material, minimize the exposure to risk, and protect the nearby structure as well as the environment. Now, sometimes we don't have the luxury of this, but if you have the option, the peroxide should be stored out of direct sunlight and away from any heat sources. Uh, if you think about your hydrogen peroxide for the boo-boos, it's in a brown bottle. Because sunlight breaks it down, and if you have strong enough stuff, that photon, that light that's coming in there is breaking the bonds, causing the exothermic heat brings it up, and the feedback cycle starts. But with the boo-boo stuff, it's kind of low-grade stuff, but steam pipes, heaters, hot materials, some organic peroxides may even require refrigeration or even freezing. That's extreme, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what shit I don't know off the top of my head? What? I have no idea what the actual um, like steel overpack drums that we use. I don't know what they're actually made of. 
I don't know what pop-up pools are actually made of. Like, I don't know oh. what those materials actually are. And when we start talking about containment, when we start talking about how to minimize the leak, the, the organic peroxides are so reactive that this is information that we need to know. So I certainly don't know that off the top of my head. And that means I might have to make a phone call to find out. But who the hell makes our pop-up pools? Point. How do I get that information? Right. That that's going to be a challenge for even the best resource tech ref or science officer out there. That would be a very dis, uh, exciting discovery. <laughs> you know, like, like wow, oh, <laughs> that was <whoa>. spicy. <laughs> and I, I I bet you at two o'clock in the morning, your pop up pool company doesn't have a manufacturer. You know, no. just kind of like yeah, no, not at all. Oh. Well, also decontamination, right? And this is a major point, is that after the incident involving inorganic peroxide, decon of affected areas and equipment is necessary to ensure that the safety of the respondents and prevent contamination of the environment. So proper decontamination procedures are essential, but it can be time-consuming and require specialized knowledge and resources, which brings me to a point. Yeah, like how are you going to get that information? That training is so important. It's and speaking of training. So important. You know, we're in the business of giving training out now. It's crazy. No. Like we just got into it and uh, fresh off the, off, the, off the boots, we can throw you some exceptional training to boost your knowledge and propel you towards achieving greatness. Well, I can tell you why we keep getting phone calls back to teach at the same departments over and over again. Why? And that's because the expertise that we deliver produces results. Mm, it's, it's true. You're in safe hands with us. It's like, uh, what was that? Is that all state? All state. Thank you. All state or, or state Good farm, up, Mike, or the uh, farmers. I don't know. I know there's one with the khakis, <laughs> but nobody cares because tailored training programs is what we kind of deliver. We build your program for you. Anything you want, we will build it, and we have structure there. And in every opportunity that we can, we are trying to use cutting-edge resources, techniques, and tools to bring to your people. So our training equipment is going to be as realistic as possible. The techniques that we use, like the um, you know the the first line dry decon, uh, those yeah. are the te- those the cutting-edge stuff is what we're going to be bringing to your department. You've listened to us for long enough. If you're listening to me now. You've been listening to us for long enough to know that we are, I don't want to say, we're not definitely not good looking, but we are engaging. We are funny and we do bring a little <laughs> bit, of, a bit of levity here. So our, our, our sessions are engaging and interactive. So you can say goodbye to the boring lectures, that very flat person. We're dynamic, engaging, and all of our guys are the A-team nationally. Yeah, and an incredible resource opportunity because uh, we network with so many people in the industry, we can very quickly turn around. And if you have an issue or a need, find and we can't fulfill that need, we can find somebody who will literally within a couple of phone calls, we'll be able to have somebody for you. Uh, So the networking opportunities is really top notch. So don't let your potential go untapped. Choose us as your training partner and embark on a personal and professional growth journey. Contact us now at the visiting thehazmatguys.com slash hire us to reserve your spot and start your transformational training experience today. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway. pro- professional? Okay. <laughs>
We'll go with it. Oh, personal. <laughs> personal. Oh. Personal. All right. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the dry decon? Uh, the dry decon. Jesus Christ. There I go again. Here we go. What are some of the decon methods that are available uh, for the peroxides? Obviously, aside from, you know, uh, first lining yourself, uh, the physical removal of the material. Physically remove the physical removing techniques literally involve that. It, remo- it involves physically removing the organic peroxide from the contaminated surface or the equipment. Uh, this can include such as uh, such techniques as uh, wiping, scraping, or rinsing with water, or some kind of suitable soluble liquid. Uh, and it is absolutely essential uh, that we exercise caution when using water or any solvent, uh, as many of the organic peroxides out there will react violently with almost anything. Yeah. So, uh, me, I'm personally of of take it off. And I've heard people go, oh, there's modesty issues. When you're burning, there is no modesty issues. Let it hang, bro. Let it hang. You're hanging. I don't want to go into it. It doesn't matter. But dilution. Mm. Dilution is a technique that involves diluting the organic peroxide with water or other suitable liquids to reduce its concentration and reactivity. The problem is that a lot of times with dilution, it's not always a solution. The dilution factor is so crazy that it might not be the thing. So if we are doing this, it's achieved by applying large volumes of water or diluted solution onto the affected area. Okay, it's not like swimming in a bath, um, but it's crucial to ensure that the proper containment and control of the diluted solution to into a container, which brings you back to Mike's thing. What is the container made out of? I don't. Yeah. Now that you say that, it's those pop up things. The ones that I see out in like California and stuff like that. Those are like. Tarps. Those are like the blue tarps you'd find at Home Depot yes. formed into a pool, like a like a cardboard thing. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell those tarps are made. It's some plastic. Even our pop-up pools, which were really heavy-grade material, clearly coated with something. I have no idea what they are. You know, I got to say, I'm, I'm sorry, people out there in, in Wonderland. Uh, we started an episode on plastic containment, and we never finished it. <laughs> yes, we really that's should true. do that. I have that, it, that 90% it, of it's done. It's in there. It's in All there. Right, we'll we'll take a look that. at I, it. I apologize. Go ahead. All right. So some of the other techniques, right? Absorption and absorption. Uh, and those two techniques, they are they involve taking the material and absorbing it or adsorbing the organic peroxide, helping remove it from the contaminated surface and entrapping it into something like uh, activated carbon, uh, clay, or any kind of other absorbent powders. This, this contaminated material can then be properly disposed of following the appropriate, you know, has waste type of program. Right. Now, another one is chemical neutralization, neutralization which... Be careful of doing this like, oh, I'm just going to whip up a batch of X. It's like you got to check it out a little bit more. So chemical neutralization techniques involve using specific agents or chemicals to neutralize the organic peroxide. However, it is important to note that neutralization may not be suitable for all types of organic peroxides as it can potentially increase the risk of reactions or hazards. So chemical neutralization should only be done and considered if it can be done safely and compatibility and reaction risks have been thoroughly evaluated. Yeah, steam and vapor uh, decontamination, right? This is great to use on tools, uh, lobsters, love this method. And anybody who, yeah, anybody who has a really cute wife, 
Uh, steaming them is phenomenal. Uh, just joking. Don't use steam on anybody. That's that's a joke. No. We can't be sued. Uh, but steam and vapor decon techniques, they usually involve high temperature steam or vapor to decontaminate surface or equipment. Uh, this method can help remove and destroy literally because it's hot steam, right? What do, what do peroxides not like? They don't like heat. So we're literally breaking down the yes. peroxide through heat and vaporization. Uh, it is essential to ensure proper ventilation because we are now off-gassing, right? When we talked about that whole atmosphere now no longer exists. The product is in the atmosphere despite its vapor pressure and safety precautions have to be in place when using high-temp steam. Now, going back to a major point, right? We were just going through that line, but now we're going back out. Collaboration and communication, right? When we're having an organic peroxide emergency, often we require the collaboration of Multiple agencies such as hazmat teams, fire department, law enforcement, um, environmental coord- the coordination of this, of the sharing of information, and even keeping establishing and keeping essential communication is essential for a successful response and mitigation of the impact of the incident. It's very hard to do that, especially if you're coming in flat-footed and you haven't talked to anybody yet. Oh, yeah, because I guarantee you most facilities are going to be more worried about, you know, their their responsibility, financial and environmental. They have no idea who you are. Communication is key. Uh, Another key point, which would probably be this would be number seven Mm -hmm. uh, is going to be the training and the preparedness. Right. And I'm not talking about preparedness as like go visit the facility. I'm talking about preparedness directly involving in your training, being prepared by training organic peroxides, emergencies. They really demand very specialized training and very specific preparedness for us. The first responder regular training uh, sessions can cover things like hazard recognition, response procedure, equipment operation, incident management, staying up to date with the latest and the best practices is absolutely crucial when it comes to overcoming challenges that are posed at incidences of hydrogen peroxide, (coughs) organic peroxide. I'm going to cough again. (coughs) Cough one. Uh, These are going to include what kinds of things should be in your training. It should include things like case studies, right? Learn from other people's mistakes. Facility walkthroughs like we talked about earlier. Equipment familiarization. Working in the proper PPE, right? Some of the training is going to be get in the PPE, work it and use it so it doesn't feel weird when you're doing it for the first time in three years. Uh, And then one of the biggest things I think for this is going to be tabletop exercise based exercises because so much of your actions are going to be uh, mental mental driven like you know if this then this i have to make a decision i have to think i have to analyze tabletop exercises give you a phenomenal opportunity to do just that and finally public safety and education and evacuation sorry Although education probably could be a thing too, but depending on the scale and the severity of the incident, the first responders may need to manage evacuations and protect the public from potential hazards. So coordinating evacuation procedures, establishing safety zones, providing clear instruction to affected individuals, and requiring effective communication and decision-making skills is kind of the key to the equation. So, yeah. 